Hey, welcome to the Bold Acting Podcast uh, episode. Jesus, forgot to look. I have no idea. But it's Wednesday, August 2nd, 2023. Let me just bump these levels up a notch. Today on the uh, show, we're going to review class. That's what we're going to start with. And, um, and one of the things I wanted to talk about or, uh, is taking notes. I saw some people taking notes. I love that. There's no way that I could ever remember stuff if I didn't make notes on the books I'm reading, uh, the conversations I have. You know, I try to write everything down. I put everything in a calendar because I just don't have the memory anymore, the short-term memory. I still have the long-term memory. I can still remember what you and I had for breakfast in 1997, that Saturday at um, at uh, Slickety Jim's Chat and Chew. But I can't on Main Street, Main and Broadway. Uh, remember that server there? We were taking pictures. Uh, it was uh, digital cameras were kind of new. The point and shoots, the clicking points, the point and click, and um, and she told us that she she, she didn't want us to take pictures inside because of another customer uh, felt awkward that we were taking photos of each other. Remember that? God, she was weird. Anyways. But with notes, you just—they have to be bullet points because you're going to miss the next thing. You're going to miss the next pearl if you keep writing it too much. The next thing you have to do is review. You got to go back to the notes immediately, like that night, and just fill it in because it's not about getting things verbatim. Certainly, but about the way I—the amount I talk—it's about how you interpret those notes. The your education. Uh, happens uniquely to you and it's about how you metabolize the information and make it your own it's the only way that it's going to impact you that it's going to land that you're actually going to embody some of this stuff my class is not a my way or the highway thing i have no i don't know your life so i'm not going to pass down from on high all these dictums that are that are going to you know make you that are going to get you more auditions. I'm in a cl- I joined a um, a class because I haven't been in class since December, so I joined an online class uh, this August because I don't have time to go to one. Uh, but I thought, oh, here's one online, and I'll do that, and I'll see what what that's like. And on one of their pages, they said get more auditions, and I thought. Um, that's curious. I'm going to take an online acting class and get more auditions. I'm going to take I'm going to attend an online acting school out of Australia and I'm going to get more that's going to translate into more auditions in Toronto where there's a lockout and a strike and we're in Toronto. I don't understand. I'll report back how how on earth does anyone take a class and then just magically get submitted by their agent or get requested by a casting director more. I'm not sure, but if it happens, I'll let you know. I would be wary, leery, wary, wary. I'd be wary of people promising you things in an industry where about 12 people have any power. 
Recently, I was listening to a podcast with Mike Lee, the famous British director. I've been going down a Mike Lee wormhole. I've been watching his early films. Man, he's good. He's got so many great scenes between, because so much of his movies are just people sitting around talking. Those are my favorite. A simple story well told. That's why I just can't do Chris Nolan or the Marvel Universe. I have no idea what's going on. And Mike Lee was talking about how it's, he's made dozens of films. Like, he's a legend. He was talking about how he has a hard time getting films funded. It was such a good reminder that it never stops being difficult. It doesn't matter uh, how well you had it last. You've got to prove yourself again. So take notes, but take them short and then listen. Spend most of the time being present. I don't know if you can be present while you're writing down in a notebook, but it is important to try and remember stuff and review. Review, review, review. Anytime I read a book, I take notes. I, it falls down because I write them down on my computer, and then where do files go on a computer? I mean, I have no idea how to label stuff so I can find it again let alone remember to write stuff down in the first place. Recently I shot, I'm making a series of uh, digital, a digital show called Mr. Curious. And I go and I was, I shot a whole day at a somatic sex healer. I mean, it was insane. I was naked for most of it. And I can't find any of the footage and I'm, have to, I'm gonna have to go back and redo it. That's how good I am at I can't even save stuff. The other thing we discussed in class or that came up yet again were accents. Uh, there was one student from Colombia. So I have a Colombian and a Venezuelan. And he said, um, and they both have accents, and they're both tremendous. He said, I carry my act. I asked him about his accent, and he said, I carry the accent around like a stone. And my last teacher told me, I've got I've to take care of it. And so I took an accent reduction class. And I thought, I mean, all that makes sense. You know, you want to be understood but just because you have an accent, does the, is that a weakness necessarily? I mean, let's just say I can understand what you're saying and you have an accent. I got a feeling that that's not a weakness. I think that's a strength. Anything that separates you from the rest of them. So this gentleman who's um, Latin American, who speaks Spanish as his first language, if he were to sound just like everybody else, would that be separating him from the pack? I would say him being a handsome young fellow with an accent, with his past, with the charisma and the charm that he has, with that confidence, I would say that's more of a strength rather than reducing the accent. First of all, it sounds Sisyphean. So if you find yourself forcing the spring, uh, forcing a season to happen, you know that happens every, every winter? Every winter, uh, Canadians force, force the spring. That you get one nice day in April and you're like, this is it. No, this is it. No, it has to be it. I've had enough of winter. This is spring. 
this is spring, goddammit, and then it's not. And then there's an ice storm in May, or, you know, there's more cold, or there, it's just that lame, gray garbage. I think if we're forcing the spring, it means we've got to take a step back and look for a path uh, that is more, that serves us better. It's, it, it might be the path of least resistance. I'm not saying go the easy way out. I'm saying, like, look at the things you can control. Focus on those. The things you can't, like, um, you know, auditions, like booking a job, forget about those. And I would caution y- you um, when it comes to people saying that you've got to change wholesale to be good enough. I don't think they're looking at the big picture. The, the humanity you bring to a role is your accent. It's your history. It's where you're from. It's who your parents are. It's all that stuff that makes you. You've just got to get out of your own way. You've got to be unapologetic. You've got to take up your God-given allotment of space on this earth. You've got to walk in there with some swagger, not apologizing for your accent. Everybody has an accent. Yours is just different. How can it be wrong if we can hear you? If you're clear, if you're slow, if you speak on voice, which brings me to my next point, the whisper acting. It's still happening. Now, granted, I could be losing my hearing, and class does happen in a place where the acoustics aren't the greatest, However, I can talk to students while they're sitting in the audience, and I can hear them fine, and then I say, okay, well, why don't you head up there and let's do this next scene, and all of a sudden, everybody's talking like they've got a lavalier mic attached to them, and they don't. I don't have lavalier mics. Why are we all talking like this? You know, I blame Supernatural. That was the first show where I noticed... The actors, both very talented, the leads, were um, acting in spite of their beautifully sculpted arms. It felt like their arms were, were, and their gorgeous faces and their chiseled chins were actually the stars of the show. I wanted to hear them talk more because they were both really funny, which is upsetting when handsome people are, are also um, comedically strong. I don't think it, that's not that's not right. And so we saw these shows. These um, would you call supernatural a procedural? I don't know that kind of TV, where everything is gets real small, and uh, we emulate it. You know what? It's one style. It's not the way you do it. Just like what I'm telling you now is just one idea. It's not my way or the highway. You've got to figure out what works for you. But I'm telling you, much like a simple story well told, you being clear and understandable is way better than you being small. You don't have to be loud like I am. There was another student in class who was talking very quietly. But he has resonance, and he sits there, and he is still. And everybody just leans forward when you mean it, when you have intention. But if you're just being small and burying your voice in the, 
in the air, uh, we're going to miss out on all your ideas. We're going to miss out on all that you have to give. Remember, uh, a sculptor takes the clay and he changes it. He carves it. He shapes it. A musician takes the notes and they vary it. An actor takes the words and they interpret. You've got to interpret. You've got to do something. Be small at your peril. You've got to get noticed. You've got to stand out. Speaking of which, Abigail's Party, Mike Lee's second movie, Alison Stedman. Uh, this movie, I think it's from 1977. Alison Stedman plays this woman. I should just play. I should just record some right now and play it. It's incredible. She plays she, she plays Beverly in, in Abigail's Party, and then she plays, I can't remember her name, in uh, Nuts in May. And you can't, you can't recognize her without squinting. I had to look her up. The transformation is unbelievable. And they are, these characters are large, but they're totally grounded, totally real. You know those people. And you delight in them, and you love them, and you relate to them. And it's just another thing, you know. I love simplicity. I'm always encouraging you to be grounded and do less and do less and do less. But that's to get you to you. That's to get you to truthful behavior, where you move around with intention, where everything's a choice. Not a choice that gets you into your head, but... um, behavior that is truthful to the character. You know, when you watch like um, an Idris, Idris moves around like a bull in a china shop, but it's never harried. It's never um, out of control. No, it is out of control. That's not the word. It's never, you believe every moment, okay? And I'm sorry that the English language is failing me right now in describing uh, great acting, but I think it's why we use words like, it's magic what Merrill does, you know? It's alchemy what Philip Seymour Hoffman did. How do they do it? It's because the English language kind of fails us. They do this thing. They have, it, even in Hollywood writ large, we call it it, you know? He's got it. She's got it. Because we don't know what it is. We just say it. I think it has something to do with being grounded and being present, listening to your scene partner, and not apologizing for living. And I shorten that all up, and I call it getting out of your own way. If part of you is, if part of you getting out of your own way is standing up to the naysayers and saying, you know what, this is the way I talk, you can say, I can't understand you. You can say, I can't hear you. You speak up. But you can't say get rid of my accent. That's like saying I'm gonna get. I'm gonna stop being Colombian. I'm gonna stop being Venezuelan. If I went to and lived in Australia after doing this online school because I just love Australians so much, all of a sudden, and and I sound like this. I don't have an Australian accent. Thank God, that's a tough one. would I then get notes from a casting director down there saying, well, you've got to sound more Australian? I mean, that's like asking somebody to get a speech impediment. 
Anyways, I'm getting off track. Listen to Allison Stedman. First, it's going to be nuts in May. Dungeons. I want to know where they are. You seem to have a morbid interest in where the dungeons are. Dungeons? You know where they are, that's all. Come along! If it's stop rushing, Keith. Look at that view! Look at that! That's wonderful. What's that, Keith? What? That. Oh, that's number four. Ah, oh, there's number 11. Now, that's the King's Tower. I wish I had the guidebook, Keith. Oh, why? How am I supposed to know what all these numbers are? Well, I'm telling you, aren't I? Now, there's number eight over there. Keith! Yes? Isn't it lovely? Can you imagine what it must have been like hundreds of years ago? Yes! All the sort of uh, kings and queens walking about in all their fineries. Yes! And eating uh, great bowls of fruit and luscious grapes. And drinking wine out of golden goblets must have been lovely. You can hear that accent. It's nothing like the accent she does in Abigail's party. She, the way she says Keith all the time. Keith! Keith! The, uh, the, the way she pouts about not having the guidebook. Keith! And then she says things like luscious grapes and drinking wine with an, with an effusiveness that I think if I saw on the page, I'd be like, ugh, I'm not going to say that. That's embarrassing. See, she's just so pleased with herself. Not that there's a script in a Mike Lee movie. Everything's lovely. What, Alison Stebbin, in that scene, you, you watch her and you see somebody who, an actor who doesn't care about being embarrassed or embarrassing. In fact, she's, she's probably going for that. That would be a great goal for you. Don't be cool. Go for embarrassment. A great icon for embarrassment is Laura Dern, especially in Enlightened. Mike White's Enlightened. She doesn't give a shit about what she looks like. And just by virtue of the fact that she is a movie star that doesn't care about her appearance gives her a leg up, separates her from the pack because she doesn't care about the spanks or the hair or the makeup or the facelifts or the boob jobs. It's just her and she's so... Hey, it's JB. Sorry to interrupt. If you're hearing my voice, it's because you're listening to the free version of the podcast. The podcast and the newsletter are supported by listeners and readers like you. It's 5 bucks a month or $40 a year. Go to boldacting.substack.com to sign up for the paid version. Then you'll get the whole podcast every week, every Wednesday, and the whole newsletter every Sunday. If $40 a year is beyond your means, then by all means, email me at jasonbryden at gmail.com and I will sign you up for it. No questions asked. Thank you for your support. It means the world to me. And that address again is you go to boldacting.substack.com. You sign up to be a paid member um, of the Bold Acting newsletter. And that gets you the newsletter and the podcast. Thanks so much. 